like to say this is the house of God, and if we're all God's children, then welcome home. I invite you to take a few short or long, quiet breaths to allow yourself to take in this place in the presence. Let's worship the living God. Good morning. Please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. Throughout the ages, disciples have said, I will follow you wherever you go. Lord, give us the freedom to follow you in the ways of love. We come from busy homes filled with little time to consider Christ in our lives. Lord, give us the strength to follow you in the ways of peace. In times of struggle, we look to God for help. Lord, give us the opportunity Today, we celebrate the Holy Spirit, who shows us the joy of following God. Lord, give us the faithfulness to follow in the ways of You may be seated. I want to welcome you here to worship at Westminster. It's good to be with you this morning. If you're visiting with us, a special welcome to you. I invite all of you out into our Frost Garden area after worship, a time for coffee, tea, and some snacks, and especially a chance to get to know each other a little better. If you see someone you don't know, I invite you to introduce yourselves, get to know each other. So let's join together now in our community prayer. It's printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Holy One, 
We come before you today full of joy, but also heartache. We are full of peace, but also anguish. We impress even ourselves sometimes with our sense of control, but feel powerless about so much around us. Help us face the turmoil within and around us, that we may face the future unafraid. Fill us with your spirit of love, joy, and peace, that we might see the heavens rain. Help us to be like Christ Jesus, faithful witnesses to all that is good. May it be to your glory. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news that our God loves us abundantly, and our God forgives us abundantly. In Christ Jesus, we are set free. We are made new. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'd now like to invite any of the children who are worshiping with us to come join Rob here at the front. All right, all right. Nice to see you all. Come on down. Good morning and welcome, uh, especially if you're new here or if you've been coming for a long time, welcome back. Uh, so many children already away on summer vacation, but I am so glad that you are here today to worship God and maybe to make some new friends and to learn some things. Today in Sunday school, you're going to hear a story about two amazing figures in the Bible. The Bible is a collection of our sacred stories. These figures are named Ruth and Naomi, and their story is one of loyalty. That, have you heard that word before, loyalty? Some of you probably. Loyalty just kind of means sticking together. If I'm loyal to Bethany, I'm going to stick by her side no matter what. And that story is filled with times when Ruth and Naomi stick by each other's side. The, Naomi is uh, an immigrant. Really, you could say she's a refugee. And what that means is where she was living was not okay to be anymore. And so she had to pick up and move to another country. Imagine how scary that would be. And she ended up in a country that wasn't very friendly to her country, but she made a life for herself and had a family. And one of her sons married... Ruth. And it, there came a time when Naomi was going to go back home, but Ruth didn't want to uh, let her go alone. She wanted to stay with her, stay loyal to her, make sure she was safe. And so here you had these two women from different countries, and the countries didn't even really like each other, but their own loyalty and faithfulness to each other as family was enough to overcome all of that. Isn't that amazing? I can't wait till you hear more about their story, which you will in a few moments. But before you go, I want you to just look around a little bit at these folks here. You can turn around. It's okay. 
These folks and the folks who sit here every week, one of the things they promise is to stick by all of you as you grow up. That's part of their job in the church, to stick by you. And so when something good happens to cheer you on, maybe to show up at a game you're in or a play you're in, and when you have something tough happen and things don't go so well, guess who's going to stick by you? All these people. Isn't it nice to have so many people who love you just the way you are? Okay. Any instructions about where to there to go? Follow Bethany. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. It is indeed what we promise in baptism to also go with them everywhere they go. So, Think about that each week as you see these young people moving around in our midst. They're our young people together. Well, another way that we bond as a community and take care of each other is to share our joys and concerns so that we can pray for one another right now and so that throughout the week we can hold one another in prayer. So if you have a joy or a concern or something you want to lift up to the community, just just, uh, flag me down and stand up if you're able and project so we can hear. Who's got a joy or a concern to share? There's more. Yes, please, Karen. Oh, goodness. You couldn't hear. Karen's husband fell and broke a rib uh, on Thursday. So our prayers are with him and with you. Let us know what you need, Karen. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Diane. That's great. Thank you for lifting that up, Diane. Diane was one of a number of Westminster members who were in Lake County this week helping to rebuild homes that were destroyed in the fires. And this has been the culmination. For some time, we've been looking for local mission work we can do rather than flying necessarily across the country to build homes. What can we do right in our backyard? And so we hope to do a similar type event next year, but we lift that up as a joy for sure. Yeah, Jim. Am I projecting? Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a school teacher voice. I'm sorry I couldn't hear that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, we lift up Joan Brown, who's dealing with a, a torn meniscus, uh, it sounds like, in her knee, and it sounds like the orthopedists are on vacation with half the church. So uh, we pray for her and for you as well. Yes, please.
Wow. Well, we rejoice with you at your husband's successful heart surgery. That's wonderful. Yeah, please. Yeah, thank you for the courage to share that. Anise, is that what you said? Who's having some mental health trouble and is resisting getting treatment. And anyone who's got experience with that world, which is most of us, I would guess, know how difficult that is. And I'm glad we can say those words aloud in a church. So we pray that she'll be open to treatment and we pray for support for your family to come around her the best best they can, best you can. A couple I'll lift up and then we'll join together in... Uh, prayers um this week right after the service in fact a number of us will be heading up to lake tahoe to do family camp together at zephyr point a presbyterian uh, camp and conference center and i'll be doing some of the leading for the adults there so i covet your prayers but may we all have a a blessed time together i know also dress dress, i've already packed so you know i'll just wear it all at once i guess I also know it's been quite a week in the news watching those awful images of folks along the southern border. And and I know there's a diversity of feelings about how to address what's happening, but what's happening is only the beginning. It's pretty clear. And so let us, um, as we celebrate our country this week, maybe take a few minutes as well to reach out to our leaders and demand that human rights be taken seriously for all folks as we figure out how to manage uh, this, but our hearts, I know, ache together at some of the images we've been seeing. Any others? Let's come together in prayer then. God, we are mindful what is celebrated this weekend in so many communities. The inclusion in the celebration of people whose sexual identities and orientation in past times had been used for discrimination and far worse, and still in times and places is the case. We repent for the ways in which the church has at times, and even today in places, discriminated against people based on who they were made to love. And we ask that you give us a spirit of inclusion to stretch us even more as we strive simply to love in the way that Jesus loved over and over again. So continue to reform us into Christ's image. We pray these things. We pray all the prayers that we've prayed aloud and all the prayers that we hold dear to our hearts and even the prayers that are yet undiscovered in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Today's scripture reading is from the book of Galatians, chapter 5. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by one another. I say and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit, and what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, Let us also be guided by the Spirit. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Friends, friends. I'm not calling you that, really. I'm just kind of saying the word. Uh, Why should, I mean, I I hope that you think of me as a friend, uh, because I want to think of you as a friend, but I'm kind of just thinking of the word friends. Uh, do you have friends? Have many friends? What kind of friends do you have? I have 1,264 friends, according to the internet. Uh, and in a transient culture like we have, where people move from different areas, and uh, maybe from around the country, around the world, or around the county, or around the Bay Area, how do you make friends? How do you become friends? When you ask people, how did you get to be friends, they'll, you, you say things like, oh, well, our kids went to school together, or we work together, we have similar interests. Uh, but you work with other people who are not your friends. And you, <laughs> your children play with other kids who are not their friends, or not your friends. You... Uh, have 
interests with people who are not your friends. So how do you become friends with someone? Or I, I don't know about you. I am a very analytical person. I think way too deeply about too many things, and uh, it's probably not healthy a lot of time. But I'm, I'm grateful to live in the algorithm age for this reason, because we've got algorithms for everything which means that someone else has spent all that time analyzing something so that I don't have to as much. And notice I said as much. Uh, there is an algorithm for everything, even indescribable things. There's an algorithm even for friendship. makes no sense because there is no algorithm for things that are indescribable like relationships and friendships. Uh, it brings you a lot of peace and me a lot of peace to know that there's a scientific or mathematical law to define things for us, but some things are simply indescribable. Have you heard people say things like, how do you, or I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, or I have a relationship with God? How do you have a relationship with God? I can barely get my head wrapped around my earthly relationships, much less divine ones that involve some ever-present being that loves me unconditionally when there's no reason to. That makes no sense. I don't know exactly how to have a relationship with that thing. But maybe the question we're trying to answer, how do you have a relationship with God? I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe God cares. I believe God is there. Maybe a better question to ask is not how, but what does it look like to have a relationship or connection with this God? 
And that is actually what the text today is speaking very directly about. Paul writes, the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit. Even as someone who didn't grow up around a lot of fruit trees, I understand fruit. I understand trees. We've all seen fruit trees. We've picked the fruit. We've gone to the apple tree, and we've grabbed that apple, we've bit into it, we, we tasted something that was good. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit is something that is produced, in this case, by the Spirit or God. And in your relationships, in your friendships, they produce something. You have friendships that you find support. You have friendships that produce love. You have friendships that produce accountability. But what does a relationship or connection with God produce? Our, it, we didn't plan this necessarily, but, or we didn't plan it at all, to tell you the truth. But our middle schoolers over the, last school year, over the previous school year have been spending a lot of time talking about relationships. We started in the fall talking about how God sees, or we started in the fall talking about how others see you. And in the wintertime, we talked about how you see yourself, and in the spring, how God sees you. All these different ways to think about relationships. And at the end of the year, we asked them, how would you artistically convey all the lessons we've learned over the course of the year? And really the primary reason we do things like that is to create a kind of natural conversation to review the lessons that we've learned. I don't know if this is a newsflash for you, but if you give a middle schooler 45 minutes over the course of a year to learn something, they'll probably forget. So to rectify or to remedy that uh, situation, we asked them, what would you do to artistically convey these lessons? And they said, let's build a coconut tree. <laughs> and if you've been here and you've heard a lot of noise in there for the last few weeks, we've been giving our middle schoolers power tools to saw wood and to drill things, and, to, and it's been a lot of fun. Everyone kept their, all their fingers and toes, which is the goal every week. <clears throat> the tree, as they would tell you, which you can see in Finley Hall after we're done here, at its roots is how God sees you. Things we discussed, that if God is everywhere, then God is inside you. That God sees you as a beloved child that is wonderfully made, and therefore, how much does God care about each moment of your life from here forward? That God sees you with motherly and fatherly instincts of the best kind that you are a sibling to Jesus Christ, therefore you are a co-heir to all that Jesus Christ has given. At the trunk of it is how you see yourself. And our students were honest with themselves and with you in saying they have ups and downs. You'll find those words or images on the trunk of the tree. Uh, that they sometimes feel silly, funny, but they sometimes feel annoyed and frustrated. For those of you who are the parents of these children, you might know when the difference of those things are happening. And at the top of that tree was how others see you, and more pointedly, how we hope others see you. Which we use this particular text as a kind of guiding principle. We hope people see our teenagers as joyful, as loving, 
as generous, self-controlled, kind, justice-seeking, peacemaking people. And that's represented through these branches. This tree, I just thought, what, how, it wasn't planned that we would finish this the same week that this would be the assigned text in the lectionary, but it just worked out. That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> so thank you, and I'm more than happy to take advantage of our middle schoolers' work if it makes me look good, so. <laughs> but yeah, the, the tree represents how when you are rooted and how God sees you, you have a strong, firm foundation. And your trunk, when you are true to yourself, is what our students said, you can handle the blowing of the winds of whatever the world sends you. And these branches stretch out and are the things that touch other people's lives. And there is a fruit that is produced by it all. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is, and is, is a very important word in this case. Is in Greek is estin, which is third person. It's in the third person. That means that Paul is writing about this fruit of the Spirit. It's not just for the super spiritual people who write the Bible. It's in the third person. It's about us. It's about the non-writer is is third person singular, meaning it's about you. The fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is inside of you. It's in all of us, in the singular sense. It's, the word is is third person, singular, present, meaning it's in the present. Because you might be thinking, gosh, you know, I look at that list, and I'm not always that list. Am I really connected to God? I'm not always full of joy and love, particularly if I haven't had my coffee in the morning. We look at that list and see things like gentleness and generosity, and we think, you know, I could give more. Or I wish I had more self-control but it's in the present tense, which means if you've had any present moments where your life was full of love or kindness or gentleness, the fruit of the Spirit is producing something within you, is, is in the third person, singular, present, indicative sense. Meaning this list of things indicates the very answer to the question, what is it like to have a connection and relationship with the God of the universe? It's all that is good. Now, Paul had a, a beef, as the kids would say, <clears throat> with some people, uh, which might have inspired the writing of this entire letter. Uh, you see, in Galatia, there's a lot of people that were sort of new to the faith, and they were full of all these things, and some religious leaders from maybe traditional people showed up and saw people full of love, full of kindness, and they were very bothered by how they got there. They were worried about how did these people end up this way? I, I mean, I know they're very nice, caring, generous people, but how did they get there? Because I'm looking around and they don't seem like us. 
they're not following the customs and the traditions and laws that we did. Does that sound like any religious leaders or groups or churches that you know of? I hope it's not this place. I have no reason to think it is. But if it ever were, uh, may we be accountable and open uh, to moving forward in a healthy way. But again, I have no reason to believe we are. But yeah, how many years we've been told that there is a wise woman full of the Spirit of God, but she has no place behind this pulpit. How you receive the Spirit, that's more important than what you're receiving. That woman has no place there. How long have we been told that people from this ethnic group or that ethnic group aren't doing this correctly? Or people with this sexual orientation, or that fluid. All these different concepts we've looked at and we've, how long have we been told? How long were we told that married people aren't doing this correctly? That only a single person could do it? You know, <clears throat> several years ago, uh, one of my students going into ministry uh, was telling me, as we were talking about why we were do, how we were doing something and why we would do it the way we were doing it. And he said, you know, I understand that we minister to people the way that we were ministered to. And what he meant by that is the way that someone met your needs is the way that you try to meet other people's needs. And I had a huge problem with that. I mean, it's okay to acknowledge that, but that is not good enough. Because the way that my needs were met and are met are not always the same way that your needs are met. We have to be open to new ways of experiencing a connection and relationship with God. My friend Jeff Healy, who many of you know, uh, was having a conversation sort of along these lines on one of our mission trips where we're with other youth groups from other churches. And uh, in defense of one of our students, he said, I know what the problem is, is their relationship with God doesn't look like your relationship with God. And I appreciated that so much that he said that, because it's true. We see things through our own reality and expect everyone's reality to be similar to ours. And what Paul comes along and says, don't get caught up so much in the how. He doesn't totally dismiss it. You read those, you heard those fruits of the flesh as well. It doesn't mean anything goes necessarily, but it means that we can focus far more on the what than the how. What is your relationship or connection with God producing in you and outside of you? And I hope and I pray that you have had those moments of indescribable love that make no sense. That you love someone or something, some group of people, and people wondered what you were doing. I hope and pray you've had those moments. I hope and I pray that you have had those moments of joy. In the midst of grief and sorrow, you, for some odd reason, were full of joy. It made no sense to the people around you. 
I hope and pray you've had those moments of peace in the midst of anguish, a kind of peace that surpasses all of our understanding. I hope and pray you've had those moments and you will continue to have those moments where you are full of gentleness, kindness, generosity, self-control in ways that make no sense. Because when you are, in those moments, the Holy Spirit, which is like a seed in your soul, starts to grow and flourish and stretch out and reach out and your love and your joy and your kindness and your gentleness is not just a blessing to you. It is a blessing to every one of us and everything that is around you and in your presence. And to that, we can all say, Amen.
may be seated. There's so much going on in the life of this beloved community. As always, I encourage you to read your bulletin, to visit our website, which is full of information not only about events, but about different groups in the church and things that we care about. I also encourage you to follow us on social media, on any platform that you use. We're likely to be there in some form or another, and we're increasingly hearing from people who are encountering us that way, including those who watch the services even on Facebook Live. So connect with us that way. Uh, As summer travels come up, it can be hard to stay connected face-to-face, but at least we can stay connected digitally until we meet again. A couple I'll highlight, or at least one, in two weeks, two weeks from today, we'll have a very brief congregational meeting to act on an action, or to approve the action of of the session regarding financing for our renovations. So after this service in two weeks, we hope you can stick around for that. Um, One other I will mention, many of us know Julie Barnes. Julie is Uh, somebody who's been leading contemplative wilderness experiences for us for the past number of years. She's a seminary graduate. She leads all the wilderness trekking um, opportunities at Marin Academy. Uh, Julie's actually moving to the East Coast soon, but she will be ordained this Saturday. Uh, Bethany Nelson will be doing the actual ordaining, which makes it uh, doubly cool for us. Um, And in keeping with Julie and what she cares about, the ordination will be at Lake Lagunitas, uh, the Church of Creation, so to speak. So uh, at the one of the picnic areas there, she's reserved it, and you're all welcome to come. It's at 1 o'clock on Saturday. I'll be there. I hope to see you there. And with that, in body and or spirit, let us rise for our closing hymn. now as you leave this place, may you remain firmly connected to the Spirit of God, 
bearing all kinds of fruit as a blessing to yourself and those around you. Amen. Amen.